0: The FujiCast is an independent Loading Zone production. Kev's in his new office. Doo, doo, doo. There's, you've got everything fitted now. You've got hot and cold running, um, I don't know, beer on tap. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? What else have you got? You've got? Well, you have got the internet. I am here. It's bliss. Yeah. I do have a fridge, actually. Gemma said, what are you going
1: to get next? A hot tub. You've got the room, Kev uh i've got the room yeah. i've got loads of room it's a little bit lonely to be honest with you i have to say it's me and this well yeah. massive for me anyway but it's good yeah the internet man came this morning after many weeks of uh yeah we'll be there on tuesday and uh he came very nice chap from bt yeah. open reach he was here for oh i don't
0: know around i counted it about 87 seconds didn't you say he was sitting outside eating a banana the last time you <laughs> saw him or something yeah.
1: the good old he- british workman <laughs> He came in and he said, right, where is it? I said, it's (laughs) there in the corner of the room. You know, we're both masked up and, you know, we're doing the the COVID dance around each other. And uh, he went, right, has it been connected before? I said, yeah, probably. I said, because, you know, I moved in on the 1st of March. He went, right, okay. He he unscrewed it. He went, right, I'll be back in a minute. Uh, And off he went, (laughs) sat in his van, had a banana, came back, (laughs) stuck a (laughs) screwdriver in it or something, said, right, it's working now. (laughs) There we go. That was it and then I had to wait for wait for the internet people to switch it on which they did it's
0: the most exciting well, thing that's
1: happened to me and, and
0: the greatest thing is o'clock. well Gemma's gonna say you don't Gemma's gonna say you never need to come home again oh
1: uh, you know I was doing a I was doing a um Lightroom one-to-one last night on Zoom and i and, and bless a really lovely um lady from America one really good photographer as well and it ju- and I was in my living room, the dogs were barking, the internet kept dropping down, because obviously we live in Malmesbury and there's like one wire into the whole town. And uh, it was just hard work, so hard
0: work. But now I'm here, yes, and I've got my super fast broadband, I've got everything. And what she didn't know last night is you were doing it in your underpants. The Fujicast. Don't. And Kev's underwear. That's that's. If you've had a mentoring session with Kev of late and he's been at home, I know that he has been just sat there in his underwear. <laughs> Ain't that that's the it, truth, that's, Kev? That's the end of that business. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome along. You and your questions on the Fujicast today from our electronic mailbag and, of course, also through the Fujicast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of. Kev, um, while he's in Bunker Malmesbury, um, he's doing the Facebook questions I'm doing the email questions and the bump to the fronts so uh, send them in either via the, the Facebook group or or by email to click at fujicast.co.uk if you're not a Fujifilm shooter do not worry it's a big community and whatever flavour you shoot you're very welcome thank you to our friends who are supporting us on Patreon we'll do some bump to the fronts in a moment uh, Kev's book of the Week what do we have this week? Kev? oh we've got another good one
1: uh, everybody's favourite uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson Ooh, okay. And
0: uh, his, uh, his scrapbook So how much is this one worth?
1: oh quid, no no this is highly quid. available as well I, oh. I'm making a point because I got a couple of very pointed emails saying did you it's all right for you it's all right for you and your, your you know your your bookshelf what about us? we need to be able to buy them so um yeah and that's fine so this is this is still available on Amazon and all that kind of stuff did she really um, talk
0: like that good
1: book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a good book but next week next week I'm going back high bro oh
0: yeah okay so watch out you'll be in trouble just like I am with uh, I think it's Ali Shadpur that's always moaning about the fact that uh, well he doesn't like the fact that I, I i play this out for, for the horse and um and, and uh, i got an, I, I noticed in the ideas for the show that uh i need to replace this which is which is what where gemma recorded it i'm not replacing it um today's guest is photojournalist danny lawson as well we found out all about uh what it is to be a photojournalist kev should we start with some bump to the front so we've we've got to do the print swap we've got to do bump to the front print swap and there was something else as well wasn't there well we're going else? to
1: talk a little bit about that thread that we put in facebook about ideas for the show
0: oh yes okay um let's start with uh, we, there's three uh, just sh- short mentions here really in bump to the front uh Hludis, he said new kit from orbit you um ah he's talking about uh, do you remember when we were talking about sd cards and if <laughs> ever one let you down slightly what would you do with it would you pop it pop it back in and would you use it again Mm-hmm. And I think we both decided if a, if a cards ever let you down, you never let it back into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I think that he was just supporting that. Richard Yarp. Hello, Neil. Hi, Kev. Thanks so much for the entertaining and informative podcast. I'm listening from a northern suburb of Houston. Um, I'm not a pro, just an avid enthusiast getting ready to trade my Nikon D750 for a Fujifilm XT4 after falling in love with that system from using an X100F. This is your gateway, isn't it, Kev? As you always say, yeah. The, the X100. Thank you, Richard. And uh, Matts Hatling Fernblad um, sent in. He said, uh, by the way, that uh, I, I got a B minus for for the pronunciation of his name. You got a C, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm useless but do you, no you're not do you remember though um, matt was the guy who was asking a question about how to photograph um the birth of his daughter do you remember yes yes ha- well, Ooh, yes the, how did that go had the daughter and uh, he said everything went perfectly uh, he means quick and uncomplicated i was let into the hospital for the birth but had to leave four hours after uh, my wife and uh, and our, our little daughter Got, I'm never quite sure whether I should say the name. I know some people don't, don't like that. Got to stay for three days. Bear in mind, there was a husband first, photographer second. So some of the intense moments, I didn't reach for the camera, but I think he did for the rest. And has he sent the pictures? Uh, link- uh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, he has. So right. shall, I'll give you the so link they for will this. Be, yeah.
1: They will be in the show notes. Mm. Yes. Assuming he's happy with that. Maybe we should check.
0: Well, he said you asked for the photos. Here's a link to the selection. There we go, then. Now for making a photo book, he says. Oh, there we go. There's well, no... congratulations. Yeah.
1: That's, a, that's a great thing. Welcome, if it's your first child, welcome to the most exciting part of your life ever. It's brilliant.
0: <laughs> it's going to be a noisy part. Oh, congr- yes, congratulations. There we go.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Our eldest turns into a teenager this coming weekend. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that I just, I can't believe it. I mean, Matt's one moment they will be just, I mean, I remember holding little Jack. I remember it. Come here, little one. Um, and and now look at him. Dad, you're so embarrassing. And it just does not seem like 13 years, Kev.
1: It does go quickly, I have to admit. Oh. But I also hate it when people say it goes so quickly. So I'm not going to say that.
0: <laughs> but it does go quickly.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not saying it. <laughs> However... <laughs> you know make the most of it
0: because <laughs> yeah. what why
1: Jeff? because it, it is quickly. brilliant it is, bri- it is every brilliant. moment of it is brilliant it's, yeah. it is wonderful absolutely wonderful even the even the annoying bits are, are wonderful do you, so, remember, yeah.
0: do you remember the sleepless nights because i've completely forgotten about them i think i've erased them um from from my memory banks well i i have to be honest i think in fairness to gemma because she
1: she did the whole um, feed-in for, well, with Albie until he was about 11. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? It's like 18 months or so. I don't know however long these things go on. But, but So, uh, yeah, she she took most of that strain um, lesser. So yeah, I, those... I didn't really worry about that.
0: Yeah, um, Hang on a minute, Kev, though. But I, did you not do... <laughs> I thought I should get up in the night just to at least to try and make a cup of tea or something like that, just to be a bit of um, hubby support. Well, I never really thought about that at the time. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. You got away with that then, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, print swap. Now, this is great, isn't it? Print swap. Instagram Print swap. Yeah. So, Instagram, uh,
1: in order to be in it, you need to hashtag Fujicast Print swap. Yeah. Uh, very straightforward. And the plan is, we're gonna. I think we're gonna run it for maybe another five weeks because mm-hmm. I want to give it a good, you know, a, a good, a good crack of the whip. And I think that, yeah, the idea is that you just tag it. Um, I would say I, th- I think I've noticed a couple of people putting more than one image in, and and that's okay. But I think you'll end up, you know, sending quite a few prints out. Mm-hmm. So
0: maybe maybe keep it to one. Put up uh, your favorite. You. Your favorite. That that's the one you want to put up.
1: Yeah, and uh, and yeah, we, so last week I was very down. I said, oh, we only got five. Uh, now we've got 42, which is great. No, so, yeah. Foodcast Print Swap, you can search, you can look for it. If you go into Instagram and you just type into the search box at the top, Fujicast print swap you can even follow the hashtag mm. uh, it would also be really good if you follow us on instagram Fujicast mm. obviously the podcast and uh, and then in at the end of it in, in around five weeks time i'm going to try if i can do this via instagram it might be a little bit difficult but i'm going to try and collate everybody so they're geographically together so i'm hopefully right. going to match europeans with europeans um and and uh, <laughs> Yeah, sounds terrible saying this British people with British people oh we used, Kev, to, be, no. we used to be European yes but there's no point sending something to Europe because it'll take six months to
0: get there and, and, vice you get, versa. and you get charged 85 quid for doing it
1: yeah exactly and then uh, North America North America and uh, yeah. well the rest of the world you're just gonna have to fend for yourselves I'm afraid but uh we
0: will we will do it
1: I'll I'll, I'll be responsible for sorting all of that out and uh yeah I'm really looking forward to it I'm gonna yeah. put a picture in so I'm, I'm gonna send a picture out and hopefully receive a picture oh and it will be random so you won't you won't uh you won't know so the plan is i will message you all ask for your addresses Mm. and uh and then i will i will send your address to somebody else their address to somebody else etc 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 and so uh yeah
0: that's the way it's going to work i know you shouldn't have favorites but i I, i've spotted a, a couple of uh couple in here that i really like i'm just i'll pick just one out for the moment number 19 photography In Gloucestershire, which isn't so far down the road from you, Kev. Um, So, this is Winter in Gloucestershire taken on Hasselblad uh, with uh, some Ilford HP5. Um, It's a lovely, one of those sort of, um, it's sort of like a ramshackled old caravan that seems to have grown into the trees or the trees have grown out of it. And it's one of those sort of, like, you can feel the cold and the dankness in the photograph. It's one of those sort of real documentary pictures I know you love, Kev. Um, yeah, It's sort of got a 70s feel about it. I do love it, lovely shot, love that Yeah, they're all great, all the pictures in there yeah. so far are amazing yeah. So yeah. yeah,
1: keep them coming, it's fun It's just fun mm. Fun is the most
0: important thing Yes, um, right, ideas for the show before we even get anywhere near your questions this week, Kev, uh, Kev threw a spanner in the works and asked asked you to become executive producer the other day. I saw this come up. I thought, Kev, what are you doing? Is it, there's not enough to do now. You now you've asked all for lots of new ideas. Um, well,
1: there was there was method in
0: my madness. Was there? Yeah.
1: So um, yeah. So that's what I did. I put a thread up. And said, uh, it, uh, but actually, if you read the thread, I said, can you give us one thing? Mm. ...that we could improve on the podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, one thing that you would like
0: Mm. different. What was your method then in the madness? Did we have a meeting about this? No, we didn't. However,
1: uh, I've noticed in the last three or four weeks, I've had a few direct messages and emails and things like that saying, um, not being negative as such, but saying things like, well, you know, we still love it, and you know but but you, you know you often getting the same questions repeated and various things like that yeah. so um i thought okay well that's that's good let's throw it let's throw it out to the people that matter, and uh, you know what would you like to see that's different and basically um of the sixty odd people that answered fifty five of them said, "Make youtube live stream well, yeah, <laughs> which I is know. the one thing uh, that uh, we we uh, cannot
0: uh, do no <laughs> uh, well it it uh, I, t- I tell you what it takes it's about um We record this, just so you know, we record this and then it's listened back to in real time and edited. And it takes, it's about a five hour, I think it's about a five hour process, something like that, just to do it as audio. I tell you, if you start doing that as a multicam, you'd be here forever. Happy to do that if uh, all our thousands of uh, downloaders and subscribers say, I'll give you two quid a month. (laughs) <laughs> well, we did talk about it, didn't we? And yeah. you know, ma- maybe down the line it's something we can think about.
1: But but right now, it's yeah, you're right. I mean, you you spend an inordinate amount of time doing this. I I spend no time. <laughs> no,
0: you do. I mean, you you turn up, you talk, Kev you you do your print swap and all that, and your book review and stuff. We all do stuff for it. It's just that the I think the not the photograph, the uh, the filming of it, which is mm. a lovely idea, and and I think it would do really well. Um, but, uh, you know, if you start doing something, you have to see it through. Um, and we've seen through... How many episodes are we now, Kev? What is this one? Uh, this is 100 176. Uh, is it 100, 176? Is something it? Something like that. Yeah, I don't
1: know. Well, let Anyway, I don't want to be filmed right now Not my hair. It looks ridiculous. <laughs> Do you know what Gemma said to me? This is a terrible thing. Gemma said, with your eyebrows and your hair, you look like Gary Glitter.
0: <laughs> what?!
1: <laughs> and Gary Glitter is not a nice person to be be associated with. No,
0: no, you don't want to be compared to that.
1: No. No. But she's quite right. When I point my eyes in the air <sighs> and my hair sticks up I need to no. Well, I've got I've got a um. It's
0: hundred and seventy three By the way, that's where we are this week. Hundred seventy three. I, I I've got a uh, a meeting tomorrow, a
1: Zoom meeting, and uh, I I I actually emailed them and said, look, I'm really sorry, but I am going to look like a crazy madman. <laughs> You're just going to have to be prepared for what I look like. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well yeah so it won't be on film yet but uh i do i mean i think it's a great idea uh, if if it was our job kev we could do it but it would be a multi cam experience because there'd be one one at you one at your eyebrows um <laughs> I could have one in my eyebrows. <laughs> have to be eyebrow burned. cam. Eyebrow cam. <laughs> very <laughs> careful about the lighting off my my shiny head. So there we go. So uh, yeah, that's one for the back burner. It, Maybe one, the one, one for the back burner. But thank you very much for your ideas. Now I'm I'm sorry as always to Ali that he he doesn't like the sound <laughs> sound effects.
1: <laughs> but if, there were some other good ideas, and we will <laughs> once the um, print swap thing has been done, we will be we will definitely be adding some new uh, yeah. features yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Perfect. There we go.
0: Shall we go for questions? Yes. Um, Are you going to go first? Uh, Yeah, I can do.
1: Go on then. I am going to the lovely thread in the Facebook group. uh, And actually, it's the the latest question, which was only posted four hours ago by Andy Stonia. And he says, working as a photographer since 1986, and I've never shot street photography once. At 54, am I too old?
0: (laughs) Yes. Move on. Next question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> of course not i mean look at some of the uh, some of the greats that are, are still out there doing it in their 70s and 80s
1: i mean John merwitz is, is oh, the God, late yeah, 70s John early Rose, 80s i yes, think now yeah
0: yeah and he's still doing
1: it yeah i mean he's he's more he's more doing fine art stuff now i guess but yeah absolutely no of course you're not too old I, actually it's an interesting question though isn't it because I, I remember having a conversation with you a few years ago about you know the young whippersnappers in the wedding photography world and, and do clients choose people based on uh you know what they look like or they're you know if they're hipsters or they're young and they you know do they look fit and trendy and all that kind of stuff some might some might yeah yeah i think it's the thing i do think it's the thing
0: you know but, uh, i think i yeah. think there's
1: an element not everybody but i think there's an some people yeah you're right i think some people would
0: but sometimes you want a safe safe pair of hands um i i i still shoot weddings for younger couples and i've had a couple of meetings of late when i've won i've won them and i'm 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 doing their wedding and they're probably a little bit younger than what i thought prior to lockdown funnily enough was was becoming my my then norm um so i'm not sure safe pair of hands is good i mean when you get on an airliner kev when you when you look left because i always take a little peer left when i get on an airliner i don't want to see somebody that looks like they should still be in short trousers
1: (laughs) i trust them all i trust all pilots they have to go through all of the stringent tests. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, they are. Experi- Some of them do look over 15. Experience, Kev,
0: experience. Especially easy jets. I want to hear a first officer that sounds like, oh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be flying to the of Biscay this afternoon at 35. 000. I want to hear somebody like that. I don't want to hear somebody saying, all right, welcome aboard. It's good to have <laughs> you here. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear.
2: No, quite right, mm. quite right. right.
0: But it's,
1: a, it's a very interesting point about age, though, because... Mm. You know, we live in this world where, you know, there's there's racism, there's sexism, there's there's ageism. There is there's an ism for everything. And, mm. and there, is, there is a point to it in that, you know, you're never too old. Absolutely never too old. And, you know, just you have to, I feel like with the street photography, of course, that's just a hobby for most people. So, yeah, get out there, do what you want. But for certain styles of photography and certain kind of aspects of it, then probably age doesn't come into it. No. I
0: think,
1: you know, there, there probably is an element of that. So
0: there's a, there's a lot of photographers I've spoken to that, have, that came over to photography quite late in life. Um, some fine art, some are documentary photographers, some are project photographers. But it's that, that idea that you've had some experience of life that, that helps you creatively moving, moving ahead, I think. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. Right, John Tamilanu. Um, Hello to both of you. First of all, let me say I look forward to listening to your podcast every week. Um, The great info, very entertaining. Yes, I plan to support you very soon. Thank you, John. Um, Question, I have the X-T30 and I love it and wanted to add to my kit with an X-Pro 1 or 2. I'm an amateur photographer, so I'm wondering which would be the best. Also, will the X-Pro 2 drop in price if and when the X-Pro 4 comes out? Kev, is there a 4 coming out, he says, pointedly? thank you for the feedback hope you and your family stay safe and healthy from john not sure where to put the yes for a shout out so i'll put it here (laughs) we got your shout out oh i see what you mean um so oh your website here yes at two moons photography is his instagram so what do you think kev one or two well i'm 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 straight away going to say i use the x pro one at the moment as as my walk around have fun with camera but i i wouldn't use it again in any kind of professional way um because the X Pro 2 of course um has got a few more bells and whistles a bit quicker. But but uh, yeah I mean would you go for a one or a two?
1: Well I mean generally uh, you know the rule of thumb is that the higher the number, the better the camera, generally, right? So mm. X Pro 2 is going to be better than X Pro 1 but there's there's a char- certain charm to the X Pro One, and I think long term, I think probably the X Pro One will be the one that keeps its value more than the X Pro Two, Three, Four, really? Five, Six, Seven. You know, the first generation. Oh. Yeah, because the original X 100s the X Pro One, they're they're going to be hard to come by, and they were they were the, like I said, the gateways to the to this system. It's you know, it's like first edition of a book, isn't it? You know, I think they're the yeah. ones that are going to ho- hold their value. Um, but you know, the X Pro One is simply not as good a camera as the X Pro Two. Mm. Simple as that. So, if you're looking for a camera that you want to be uh, to give you new functionality, then X Pro Two. But if you're looking for a camera that's you know really a backup and and you know you you want to think about uh, something that's you know a little bit more. I don't know. Makes you think a little bit more, slows you down a little bit more. Then X Pro One is 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 the one as well. But it's yeah. I mean, ultimately. I get this question a lot on often. I get Facebook messages from people and they say, which one's best X T three or X T four or which one's best X pro two or X pro three. And I'm like, well, the answer is very obvious which one's best,
2: mm.
1: you know? And it's, it's up to you really to decide whether, and it comes down to budget, doesn't it? Ultimately. And you know, elements like things like, do you want a D pad? Do you not want a D pad? Uh, do you want a flippy screen gate? Uh, do you not want a flippy screen? <laughs> don't gate? start that. Yeah. <laughs> All of those things, yeah. and yeah. So the higher the number, the better it will be. Yeah. And that's the same for age. Yes, <laughs> got that in. Well, me and you, Andy, we'll be out there, fifty-five, fifty-six. We'll be shooting street photography. All those yeah. young, fifteen, sixteen-year-olds. Nah, for- forevermore.
0: forever more. Um, some people really like the look of the files, though, don't they? Coming out of the X Pro One, it's that kind of the color, the f- the file that they, you know, that they don't feel that they they're able to get out of anything after it
1: yeah i mean that's a sensor thing so you know the the first generation x-trans sensor was is very different to obviously so x-trans two and three and they were on four um so yes you you are going to get different things and and ultimately that's to do with uh megapixels and the processor that they can process those megapixels with so the original x100 many people say the jpegs um, you know, when, when, when you manage to get it in focus a uh, 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 wonderful and I agree, like, I you know, can't get the same thing out of the newer X100 ranges, but that doesn't mean that I would shoot with the X100 my original X100, you know, yeah. professionally yeah. I'd end up throwing it up against the wall, you know, it's <laughs> it's just it's just not there anymore yeah. uh, but it's a beautiful thing to have and I'll never lose it, I'll never get rid of it when I moved to the studio uh, I uh, I've got I don't have all my camera boxes. When, normally when I get a camera I take the camera out. I then I take the um, battery out and the charger if there's a charger. Everything else goes in the bin. The straps, the no, box, the manuals, no. ca- the manuals, you the, the, the cables. Box. Don't keep the box. No. Christ,
0: why would
1: you if I kept all the boxes for all the cameras I have I could build a house. <laughs> I'm telling you now. It all goes. However, Kev, what it's I did is the, val-
0: the resale value Kev. That's why you keep your box. What? So, uh, no, that's
1: not true. If that is a complete fallacy. Um, uh, uh, well, it's not a fallacy. No, it's You're not. absolutely right. No, no, no. no I'm, hang on. I've got a pedestal. I'm just getting on it. Hold on. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> there you are. Right. I'm up on my pedestal. <laughs> now. You're not that much taller. Nobody in their right mind, if um, they are a professional photographer, well, not even a professional photographer, right. but anybody who's interested in photography, if they pay extra for a cardboard box, don't talk to me.
0: But when I sold your 35mm lens, I got more for it because it came in the box.
1: Yes, but that's because the person who bought it was an idiot.
0: <laughs> it was an
1: idiot with money then. I, I, I'm sorry. I know there's loads of people out here, out there now going, well, that's ridiculous because you will get more for it. Yeah, fine. You will. That's absolutely fine. Will. Yes. But then, I, I you know what? Recycle the cardboard, save the world, stop the trees being cut down. Do not have a cardboard box
0: house. Kev, you are recycling it by keeping the box to then pass on pass on to the next person. That's no. how you do that no that no, it's not. What are no. they gonna do?
1: If they're the kind of person no, they're but, the kind of people who only buy cameras that come with a cardboard box. They take the camera out, they use the camera, they put the cardboard box in their bloody corner. You've got and to, it never gets recycled and then the trees die and yeah, that's it, and all the cows fall over and then we have Armageddon.
0: You've dead. got to put your, your camera in a box at some stage, so keep the original one and recycle that one. No. No, Kev, it's not no. no. the people, the, those people. <laughs> it's those not people. no. You know I'm right. You always no. argue, but you know no, I'm right. No, 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 no. stuff.
1: Those, those people who will not buy some, or pay something, pay extra, because it's got a cardboard box yeah. that they're never, ever going to use... They're only buying that cardboard box because they think when they
0: sell it in the future, yeah.
1: it's going to make them a little bit more money. My God, it's a camera! No, it's
0: fifteen hundred quid for the thing. It's about looking at. Oh, well, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it, is it is what it is. All calm again.
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna. I, I got one of the other things that came up on the thread was What's that? that I must stop open, secretly opening my beer under the table because it, it's it's quite obvious what I'm doing. So I'm just going to open one now without. Put it under
0: the table Well yeah we know you're doing it Right, have we got time for another one of your questions? I think I think we possibly have. Yeah, go on, Kev, do another question. Then we'll go into today's interview. Problem with my bottle tops. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ain't that the truth? <laughs> this is a good. This is a good question from
1: Carlo Carboni. Yeah, and uh, he says, Carlo from Yate. Yate is only around the corner from me, actually. Uh, he says, "Hi guys, question about TIFF and JPEG files. Yes. Once I have edited a RAW file, is it better to save/export as a TIFF or a JPEG? TIFF files are larger and don't seem to lose quality, so better all round." But what is the benefit of a JPEG apart from the small file size? Also, if I want to share edits with a client, wouldn't it be better to share the TIFF files purely on their quality rather than the JPEG ones?
0: Mm. Hmm. Well, it depends what kind of client you're working with. I mean, if it's a social photography client, no, no no purpose at all. But if it's um, a big agency, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd say yes.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I I would only ever supply TIFF files if the client asks for TIFF files. And that will be corporate, commercial, potentially magazines, print work stuff. TIFF files are huge, yeah. absolutely huge. And uh, to go back to this point about JPEGs, if you've edited your raw file and then you export the JPEG, Yes, the quality is slightly, I mean, like, the human eye will will not be able to tell the difference. Where it starts degenerating is if you then re-edit that same JPEG, save it, re-edit it, save it, re-edit it, save it. Then the JPEG will start to deteriorate. Start to fall apart, yeah. Yeah, but if you've got a Lightroom catalog or Capture One catalog with the original RAW file in it, and you go back to the RAW file, make your edit, export the JPEG go back to the raw file make your edit export the jpeg yeah. then you're not having any any um quality kind of um defects
0: yeah
1: but i would never give TIFF files to no. uh, to a client unless they specifically asked for them and they i'd have to deliver them on the back of a tipper truck
0: <laughs> <laughs> well there we go that's that one sorted then <laughs> Right, should we go for this week's guest? Today, a chance to learn a little more about photojournalism with PA Media's Danny Lawson, who has some advice for those intrigued by the genre. He's a former British National Press Awards Photographer of the Year. He was also awarded for his pictorial news coverage of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's wedding note. We recorded this prior to the recent Oprah expose program which, um, whilst not changing the fact I would have still been interested to talk about this particular highlighted picture it would certainly have uh, meant that I I would have asked a photojournalist's opinion of how he feels or felt the press treat this couple in particular a month or two makes all the difference it seems when uh, scheduling an interview. What we do have is an interesting insight into the day to day with one of the UK's most respected photojournalists here's Danny Lawson Danny, where you live in Yorkshire was possibly the best canvas from which to start a career in photography, but your first steps were like a lot of of news photographers in a local paper, the Rochdale Advertiser, Uh, which means you would have been doing everything. You'd have been doing sport and local news and you'd have been doing, I'm sure you'd have been doing stuff for the advertising part of it as well and, and check presentations, all that kind of stuff, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a fantastic place to start. I started at the uh, Rochdale Observer, and um, the Rochdale Observer Group. So I think it was se- seven or eight regional local newspapers, and I worked across all the different titles. And as you said, it was really diverse. Yeah. Everything from, as you said, from football down to cheque presentations. It could be um, you know, golden wedding golden wedding anniversaries. Yeah. You know, just your good staple. You know, local newspaper stories.
0: Were you working under any particular um, photographers there that had been in the business years and years that were that were great for your for your initial yeah, I
2: mean, time. So yeah, Tony Cross is the first name that springs to mind. He was quite a character, right? Um, and he was just, he was just a really, really talented photographer very very much into his portraits and it, it was just a great person to to learn from and what
0: about what about your advice then for new news photographers because uh because the route has changed and yeah. there's still many people that, that um fa- fancy being a photojournalist yeah but but the um the approach path is somewhat different of course now what would your advice be
2: just to be keen um and to, to speak to as many people as you can and to get to be you've got to be a self-starter Um, and there's a few people who spring to mind who you know have contacted me maybe on Twitter or social media um, and I know that they've contacted many other people as well you know one just to ask for for advice but it's as much to open potential doorways in the future Um, and and there's a good number of you know younger lads that I see coming around and they're they're basically looking for things to do they're looking for um, either the hot news story or sometimes uh, maybe a feature, but then they're going off and they're doing it. There's no point in just expecting it to come to you because it never will. you know you need to go out, you need to take pictures, you need to stay in contact with as many people as you can. And then you know after you've got a few numbers for picture desks and they see your work coming in regular, then maybe they will throw you a shift. Um, potentially if there was either, you know, a job opportunity, uh, you know, at maybe an evening paper or even something like, you know, if people see how keen you are, you could go and maybe then use off the back of that, then go and get some work experience somewhere. Um, but if you just phone up somewhere and say, Oh, I would like to be a photographer, but you've not, <laughs> you've not shown willing, you've not been out, you've not no. taken photographs, you've not uh, proved how enthusiastic you are then, um, It'll be lots of closed doors, I would think. One
0: of one of the biggest yeah. changes has been user generated content, of course, isn't it? And course, uh, yeah, I was I was talking yeah. to uh, Southwest News Service uh, services, and, and they were yeah. they were saying that sometimes as much as fifty percent can be user generated these days. What what what's, what's um, of the pictures that are that are coming in? Uh, that doesn't, of course, equate to what's going out and going to the newspapers, but that's what's physically coming in. So much stuff is being sent in. Uh, so well, they, they they were
2: saying 50% of the content that they get or that they put out on their way mm-hmm. is user-generated. Well, I think uh, what's, com- what's coming in, in, yeah,
0: what's coming in.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't work on the picture desk, so I don't see um, how much user content we do get coming in. But I think it's very clear when you look at breaking news stories, you know, be it a terrorist attack or, you know, a large fire, more often than not, now it is, you know, a user or reader-generated content, isn't it? And it's the professionals then going, um, you know, photographing the scene uh, You know, the next, obviously, you go on the day, but then photographing the scene as it develops from that initial photograph. And that's just the way it is now. And I think at first, some photographers maybe were worried by that. I think it's less so now because you're never going to be able to replace you know high quality photography mm. so if somebody happens to be on the scene and they just get a picture that's impossible to get unless you were there at that moment then of course that's going to be the front page picture mm. but there's plenty of room for professional well composed well exposed folks that tell a story
0: well, well, we'll come back to good exposure in just a moment's time because you've won awards for, for, for that. But we'll, we'll get to that. You, you left newspapers to join your uh, local newspapers, that was, to join your first agency, which actually was in Scotland, wasn't it? Which yes, you know, a, yeah. lo- a lot of people would have been lo- thinking, right, I've got to move south. This is where I've got to be. I've got to be on Fleet Street. It's not, I know it's not all Fleet Street these days, but I've got to be there. But you didn't. You went north
2: did. Um, and oh, I explain why I tried to go south is the short answer and I tried to stay put and neither of those worked. Um, I was in the rather fortunate position at the time. As I said, I worked for the Rochdale Observer Group, which were particularly good payers for my age at that time. They also provided me with a company car that was taxed, mot would nice. serviced. <laughs> um, and I was living um, in my first property. Um, now, I tried to, I'm not going to name the people, um, for reasons it will become very obvious, but I got offered a a number of jobs at regional agencies, and they offered me considerably less, um, one of which was in Manchester, and one of which was down in London, so would have effectively had to take pay cuts um, to do it, a considerable pay cut, if you consider that you would be living down in London as well. and then a job came up in Scotland at um, Deadline Scotland, and I actually contacted them um, and was offered an interview. And before I went up for the interview, I was just very honest with them and explained, you know, what had been happening over the last year and that I'd been offered a couple of different jobs that I'd sadly had to um, uh, turn down when it when it came to um, the salary discussion. Um, and they were very, very, very good, basically, and um, they improved my salary. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it was a huge step up, um, really appreciative to Scott um, Scott up there. Um, and so, yeah, they offered me the job, and it was um, an increase in salary, and it was a fantastic opportunity to go to a national level producing content mm. for regional and national newspapers.
0: Would it be fair to say you became a much bigger fish uh, by, by making that move as well?
2: I don't think it would, to be honest. You know, it was obviously, for myself personally, it was a big step forward career wise because it was moving up the rung of the ladder. But the f- standard of photography in Scotland is just sensational. Yeah. You know, you've got people like Jeff Mitchell, who's like multi, 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 multi award winner. You've got Gordon Terrace, Ian Rutherford, again, all multi award winners. Um, so Jeff works for Getty Images and the other two worked for the Scotsman and the Herald newspapers I did back then. They were the big fish yeah. when I went up there, um, and they were the people I looked up to, and, you know, they were the people i learned from. They, you know, they they really took my, hopefully, took my photography to the next level when it comes to, you know, lighting and understanding, you know, what quality of photography is.
0: Because you're continually learning, aren't you? Um, yeah, even you when you end. think you, you you've, you've got everything, then, then no, something never. else comes along, doesn't it?
2: I, I think if you ever get to the stage where you think you know it all, that is the time to pack it in because yeah. no, nobody knows it all, and that just means you become complacent, you become lazy, right. and arrogant. I suppose no, nobody knows it all.
0: Now I know I know different agencies and, and the ph- photographers that work uh, within the, the structure, whether they're. Well, I suppose it is different if you're freelance to 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 whether you're full time. And I think you're full time, aren't you, with PA? Am, yeah. yeah, I'm staff. Yeah. So yeah. so you're staff. But but um, when it comes to sometimes suggesting the stories, are you still um, do you still do that, or or do you get yeah. commissioned?
2: No, well, as in my day to day jobs, yeah. I cover. Yeah. So um, you d- think d- like d- d- we're we d- d- going to
0: be covering this story, and you want you yeah. say this is what we should be doing, rather than being told, right, Danny? There's a story. Go get it.
2: Yeah easily and i would say easily 90 percent of the photographs i take i've generated or decided to go and do myself pr- probably considerably more than that the exceptions would be um royal rotas um that that comes through london will be aware of that they'll be aware of it before me political visits things like that they'll be aware before i'm aware and quite often let me know about it um but Basically, my job is to understand the patch, is to understand Yorkshire, is to understand what the news um, stories of the day are nationally and regionally, um, and to make sensible decisions to go and cover the correct job of that day. Um, and it's, I really appreciate, it's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about uh, PA Media is they, they give you the, the authority, I suppose, to do that, and they give you the trust to do that. And as long as you make sensible decisions and you get in, you know, good hit, hit levels in the newspapers and on, online on the websites, then really the bosses let you get on with your job and let you do it, which is perfect.
0: Uh, about 18 months ago you were you were named photographer of the year at the Society of Editors National Press Awards there's a long title did they get that on <laughs> did they manage to get that on the award all in one sentence <laughs> um, very good <laughs> in in a year where you started to collect prizes as well it seems so the prize there was a, for a, a, a fantastic photograph you made of Meghan Markle walking down the aisle the judges called it ethereal um <laughs> which it was i suppose because i mean you you had some you had some quick fire um you had some quick fire exposure decisions to make that day um and i suppose we've ended up with a very ethereal picture because of the pools of shafts of light coming through those windows it was a great photo Can you just take me through that moment
2: yeah, well, I can tell you through a little bit more from before, if that's helpful, yeah. um, because because it wasn't just a split moment um, of the light coming through. So we were, obviously we needed to be in from the crack of dawn. Um, I can't remember what time we got there, but we still certainly, you know, before breakfast to be in position. And I was positioned in the organ loft in the chapel, which basically meant that Megan was going to walk right underneath or yeah. just under yeah. uh, the position with myself looking down. Um, But it also meant that I could look over where other people were arriving, other guests were arriving, um, and the light was very flat. And so for the entire morning in the build-up, the light was flat. And then after everybody got seated, these streams, as you said, like really, really intense direct sunlight coming through.
0: And I don't know how many stops of difference there was, but it uh, looked... Yeah, I mean, five,
2: six, seven, I don't know, (laughs) a lot, a lot. And... I was only an enough whether to try to balance it somewhere in between or whether just to go for the absolute, you know, exposed purely for the highlights and just like everything go completely black. And I got, to be honest with you, I got somewhat lucky because I had a dry run because, um, Harry actually walked down the aisle ahead of time. Right. And it gave me an opportunity to, to do a few tests effectively. I was <laughs> photographing Harry as well. But, you know, it's effectively a bit of a test. Um, and I balanced it, but towards, um, you know, exposing for the highlights. Yeah. And then after looking at my pictures, I thought it would be even better if I um, if I just let the blacks go completely, completely black, um, which is what I did and when she came down... I I knew at the time it was a very nice image, but I was actually... I had two roles that day, um, and as soon as Megan had gone underneath my feet, all the cameras were tethered, um, so I could instantly send the photographs. So my job was to take the pictures of Megan walking down the aisle, hit send on my camera, so those pictures were going to editors down in London, and then to actually cut across to the other side of the organ loft.
0: And you've got an event where where there's no... You know, this is a wedding, and just like wedding photography, there's no second chance on this one.
2: Well, that's the good thing about that job, isn't it, that there's no second chance. Now, clearly, on a job of that scale... You know, your um, appreciation for the fact that there is no second chance goes up somewhat compared to somebody walking out of a court, for yeah. example, yeah. or arriving at a court. You know, it's a, it's a different level of expectation.
0: Well, look, some photographers know they've, they've instinctively got it. You know, they, you know, you can tell as you're taking, got that, nailed it, Danny. Thank you very much. Did, did you know that at the time?
2: Yeah, this is it. You know, we are talking before about if you think you know everything, yeah. it's time to give it up. And I think something else that I've noticed in lots of professional photographers is, is they always see the bad and they remember the bad and forget the good. And so after Megan had walked down the aisle and after the service had finished, there was another opportunity where Meghan and Harry had walked back out. So this I'm doing the picture of the trail of the dress at this point. And they go through the archway where they were going to stand at the top of the steps of yeah. St. George's Chapel and do the kiss for the cameras that were waiting outside. And I thought in the back of my head, do you know, perhaps... Perhaps, if I'm really lucky, I'll be able to see all the way down the nave <laughs> of the cathedral through the door and see them kiss. Yeah. And sure enough, I could. And I, I had a 400 mil and I had a 1.4 with me. I can't, can't even remember if I had the 1.4 on, to be honest. Um, but, but certainly I had a, a huge telephoto lens. And I could just about see them through the doorway. And I shot it. And I wish that I'd left it just slightly further composed, slightly further down. Because I had Prince Charles and a few other people who were giving them a clap and i didn't i didn't shoot it like that i shot it slightly further up and i cropped it just into the kiss and the kiss with a bit kiss with a bit of an archway and i was driving back home very late at night by this point and i phoned my wife and she said how oh, did you get on i said, oh, do you know i missed an image that i really really wanted i didn't shoot it in quite the way that i wanted and that's what i remembered and i said i got another picture that i was quite happy with know, yeah, it's a nice picture <laughs> but what i was fixating on was the fact that i shot this other picture which looking back now was a less important picture. It was a less... Even if I'd composed it completely how I wanted, it wouldn't have been as good as the Meghan Markle picture. No. no but the one. one that I remembered was... Yeah. There's, there's, the one ar-
0: there's the irony, because the the <laughs> one that you didn't remember was the one that when I won you the... the, uh, the Totally. The award. And
2: well, I, I, I knew it was good. Yeah. But I just still concentrated on the, the other one.
0: I would imagine the stress of getting these pictures out at, at, at events like this has intensified somewhat, because you know, and essentially you're in competition with live feed television, and, and people are getting pictures immediately, and your job is to get stuff out on the wire as quick as you can.
2: That, that's 100% correct, that is the way you need to see it, and any large event, you are competing with TV, you're yeah. not competing anymore with, you know, prints the next day, or even the websites, you know, clearly you are supplying the websites, but the website's Want to be as up to date as the live TV.
0: Do you still get the same thrill, Danny, seeing the pictures in Colomyn's form? I i ask only because we're so used to producing imaging to be, you know, here, done, posters, swiped, move on. Is, is there still the thrill of seeing yes. your work?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think that will ever die. There, there's nothing like opening up a newspaper and seeing, you know, one of your folks who have views, you know, across a full page or over a full page or, you know, sometimes even over two pages, you know, mm. on a particularly good day. Um, I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why we all do it, you know, that buzz that you get. Mm. And especially if it's on a news job and you know that lots of other people have been there, I mean, everybody, everybody's so competitive, but, you know, the vast, and I mean the vast, vast, vast majority of photographers in press are very competitive but very friendly with it. You know, you would never you'd never want to beat the competition in some scrupulous way. You know, you wouldn't no. want to do them in or sabotage them. But the fact that you've got it in and it makes really large, it is, it's just, a, it gives me a wonderful feeling.
0: I asked a wildlife and uh, nature photographer what the most precious thing in his kit bag was. Um, and and he, and he said to me, luck. Um, oh. <laughs> what's the most important thing in your bag?
2: Oh my gosh, that's a tough question. I mean, you It's not one thing you've got, you've got to have kits that could go on any job at any time. So when I, when I leave the house, it doesn't matter what job I'm going to, I've got a certain skeleton kit that I have to have. And if you say, Oh, what's the one thing? If you took out any one of those kits, You then you then wouldn't be professionals. You basically have to have a four hundred mil. You have to have a two times. You have to have a seventy to two hundred. You have to have you know um, like seventeen thirty five or some kind of wide angle. You have to have two cameras because we obviously we operate all the time with yeah. normally with either a longer a mid range on one camera a wide angle on the other because quite often in the jobs that we do you don't have time to change lenses you would miss too many pictures. Mm. So so and a couple of flash guns. and if. If I ever left the house without that kit and a tripod and a monopod, then there'd be a possibility I could be called to a job that I wouldn't have the ability, well, I wouldn't have the equipment to cover it. Yeah. So That's the skeleton kit, and then I add various things to that depending on you know, what, what I know that I'm going to cover.
0: Talking of kit, well, I was talking um, with a, a photojournalist about the Hungerford Massacre, the story that was mm-hmm. uh, in the, the 80s and, of course, um, that was that was um, prior to digital. It was film days, Now, I remember having a, a discussion where he said, "Yeah, I, I was, uh, you know, sent in that day to um, to make pictures in Hungerford, and one of the issues was that I was already on a job and didn't have enough didn't have enough film. They had to helicopter it and uh, drop it into a farmer's film, a fa- <laughs> farmer's Fantastic. field, farmer's field, and I had to go out and get it and go back in again. In fact, that that uh, yeah, that 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 was." Um, that, that was the, the thing I remember most about that. The the advantage of digital, of course. You've worked under both film and digital. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine the advantage now for news, um, you'd never want to go back to those days, would you?
2: Well, for news, you just couldn't. You know, it's as simple as that. There's yeah. no want in it. Yeah. Um, it just... <laughs> slowly would be an understatement. We were just talking about the fact that I can take a picture and on a big job, if need be, that picture can be on a website two minutes after I've taken it. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you put the time that it would take to take a film, dev it somewhere in a bag in the dark, <laughs> develop it, <laughs> scan it, you know, you just you just couldn't. It's as simple as that. the romance.
0: Um, yeah. Look, I saw an old BBC news piece. I'm sorry to bring this up of you chasing the super blue blood moon, (laughs) which which apparently we won't see that again until 2028. Correct. Now, I'm not going to mention the dancing in the report. (laughs) (laughs) You you moved well, Danny. You moved well. I've got some funky moves. I think they
2: found... (laughs)
0: But you, the things I tell you what the things that BBC local news reporters make you do. But but you you were chasing this picture on the report, te- teaching a journo how to photograph the moon, which I I found quite interesting actually. You you chosen to photograph it with a humble oil refinery in the background, so you Correct, could give it yeah. some some context and some perspective because that that moon was going to look huge, wasn't it, behind the Correct, behind yeah, the the, yeah. the, the, the fu- uh, chimneys or funnels or whatever. Uh, but the clouds descended, and that 10-year opportunity just went with it, didn't it really? And but there was it a que- there was a question that intrigue me um and they 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 shot it up as a caption it was was the night pointless you know when you've been prepping for a shot you've got a great idea super concept and it all falls apart I'm not just talking about the moon here i'm talking about what you do day to day
2: what do you feel it's certainly not pointless is the first point to make uh, if you would you'd feel devastated and um I quite often uh, photograph the moon, um, whether it be a super moon, whether it be a blue moon, whether it just be a full moon. You know, it's one of it's one of the things that I like to photograph. I just find the object fascinating, and I would say. I nail a picture that I'm really happy with, maybe one in 10 times, something around that. Maybe get something, you know, two or three times and the other seven or eight, you know, completely clouded out. And it is, it's incredibly frustrating because um, it takes a long time to prep these photos. So sometimes it involves driving around several locations because there's so much you can do on the computer and on the apps planning. But sometimes, you know, driving there and actually eyeballing it, there's no uh, compensation for that or no uh, nothing else you could do other than that. And so if you've spent several hours prepping, you've maybe been around two venues, you've then gone out way in advance, you've waited for it, and you, you know, you've probably invested you know, just totting up a minute. You might have invested like five hours of your time yeah. to then literally have no picture. And it, it kills you. you know, a, a little bit of you dies and a little <laughs> bit of you thinks, oh, I wish I was living in Barbados doing this. <laughs> but then the times when you get it and you nail it, All the times that you failed, all the times that you've been stood freezing cold on a hillside somewhere are suddenly, you know, worth it and then some. And and the fact that it doesn't happen any time just makes it, every time you're out there, just makes it so much more special when it does happen.
0: Just finally, Danny, what still motivates you? What gets you out there each day? It's, It's
2: getting the images. It's it's simple as that of, you know, I'm still, after all these years, I'm still fascinated by photography. I'm still fascinated by the way that an image can move people, um, that it can stir emotions, that it can tell a story. And I, I'm privileged, you know, thankfully, all the way through the, the the coronavirus pandemic. You know, I've been working five days a week and I see people with their businesses folding. Uh, friends that I know who are you know really really struggling and to be able to go and do a job that I love through this period is just you really brought it home to me how, how lucky I am to do a job that I enjoy. Um, and I don't think I'll ever get tired of images. I don't think I'll ever get tired of appreciating other people's works and you know, hopefully trying to create photographs that other people like and enjoy to look at.
0: Well, thanks to Danny Lawson from PA Media. Today on Photography Daily, if you like your interviews after you've listened here, I'm talking to sports photographer and the new Irish Press Photographer of the Year, James Crombie, who in 2020 and 2021 has had to think about as far outside the box, as is possible. Everything
2: stopped. All sports stopped for about three months. You've seen it in the UK. As a sports photographer, it's a little bit worrying, you know what I mean? Because that's what we all do.
0: And then on Wednesday, a photo project called Women of War, a 35-year photo project with Pulitzer Prize winner Marissa Roth.
2: I know this will sound strange, but I was so almost possessed by it, and sometimes I almost felt like I had a, a hand on my right shoulder, just like steering me along the
0: path friday is of course the the photo walk edition that we do and on more photography daily a story about ouija the american photographer who unnervingly was at all those chalk lines rounder body shots in new york in the 30s through 50s our first true crime story really photography daily is on all your your main popular podcast apps just look for photography daily Right, back to your questions. Oh, this one's actually not a question, Kev. This one is a, um, a sort of comment. And actually, you could do comments. Sometimes comments are good conversation starters, aren't they? Indeed. Uh, and this is from Neil Swanson Swanson. Now, that, that can't... He must have put that down twice. That can't be his name.
1: Well, he, he, sometimes people marry people with the same surname and they have a double barreled. Swanson Swanson? Gemma's, Gemma's parents both had the same surname when they
0: were single. Did they? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there we go. So this is Neil Swanson Swanson. There we go. Hi, guys. Just a comment on constant light versus flashlight for events. Sometimes the only way to do a good job at an event is with flash. Natural light is great. Natural light, though, is sometimes just plain ugly. And there isn't enough of it. Oh, yes. I, I buy into that one. Natural light sometimes just won't get the job done to satisfy your client. I'm talking light so low than a modern pro Nikon 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 body. Would have trouble focusing. Have you? I mean, you don't use a lot of flash, do you? If, if any, actually, Kev. No, although I am going to learn it because I've got a studio now. <laughs> are, are you? Are you? I mean, yes. That that's using your speed light in the studio. Although so many people now use a constant light light source, um, mm. something like an aperture, for mm-hmm. that. But um, in terms of things like speed lights, go docs, and all that kind of stuff, are you? Are you more inclined then to? start using that stuff in your maybe your wedding work no no okay Never. But, but some sometimes i mean certainly for, for the the cake shop and so on i mean it can save you can't it
1: yeah I, I absolutely i just because i don't i don't really want to get involved with it it does not mean that it's a bad thing and uh you know, I know great photographers who do amazing things with it. Shoot all of their weddings, or mm. some wedding photographers I know shoot all every single image on flash, even the stuff outside, and you can't tell. And that is the sign of somebody who mm. understands flash. Yeah.
0: But I mean, uh, he said here Neil Swanson. Swanson did that. He was talking with Dennis in the bunker. Lee, um, there's another bunker. Yes, over in America. I do did this at, at nearly every event. Here we here we go. He's talking about this. We shot. It seemed crazy, but sometimes we'd shoot ISO 1600 and higher with bounce flash, and it just works. It didn't Mm. look lit by flash at all. We did very little direct flash on camera. Would we love to leave all that gear home? Yep, but then we'd be in trouble when the light got so low and the event planner had uh, their hand on the dimmer for the chandeliers. Yeah. Try it, he says. Try it. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, I I, I agree. Try it. You can try it, but I also... Don't think that that's a. I think there's a an alternative method, and and that is to embrace the the technology, embrace the high ISO. Uh, you know, look for the light. If it's light enough for people to see, then it's going to be light enough to to shoot. That's that's my take on it. There will be some mm-hmm. light coming from somewhere, and yes, you're not going to be uh, you know doing big group shots in that kind of stuff. But you know, uh, I, I honestly, personally, it's you know one of my marketing elements is that I will not be, you know, walking around late at night, flashing, <laughs> flashing you. I
0: hope not, uh, Kev. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it's different. Horses for courses, isn't it? You know, that's 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 the point. It would be a really boring world if we all yeah, all did the same thing.
0: Did you say horse? How is your horse? You're going to be in trouble. I know. I don't care. <laughs> the horse is wonderful. Yeah, yes, good. Star is the name of the horses now. Keep star. Keep, yeah, yeah star. which is nice because Rosa's
1: middle name is Star.
0: Oh, no way, really. That's a lovely. Well, name. in Welsh, yeah, yeah. Seren. Seren. Ah, is that what Star is? Ah, mm-hmm. oh, that's fantastic. We were going to name it, weren't we? We, we, we did for one moment think that uh, we'd possibly name it through the podcast, but <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not sure that Rosa would have ended up with the name of a horse she really wanted.
1: No, and also horses come with their own names.
0: Oh, do they? You can't rename them. <laughs> I don't, not really. I don't think there's don't like know. a deep
1: hole base. Right. you can okay. go to.
0: I, I rename <laughs> you, yes. All right, uh, your question, then we'll go for book of the week.
1: All right, we, I've got a, a... Ready? Strap yourself in. This is from David Pepke. Right. And he says, he titles this question, Online Photo Courses mm. Full Stop. All right, okay. Having recently bought an X-T3, I've looked at Fuji gear, videos, etc. This has resulted in an abundance of Facebook ads with photo courses, masterclasses, and so on. All has to be expected. Yeah. But it's made me think. Right. Is COVID making photographers give away their expertise in online courses, YouTube videos, and so on? And in essence, training a host of competitors during this COVID crisis is the short-term goal of earning money via online courses actually sinking the long-term goal of having a viable photography business yeah. the same tendency he says in woodworking which is his work uh youtube is flooded with people trying to teach because no one can make a living actually doing woodwork yeah. thanks your podcast is an anchor in a pandemic storm <laughs>
0: it's very, very poetic I'm, I'm gonna um attempt to answer this one um the, the photo film has been something that I've taught um, and talked about on stages, at conferences. We've, we've um, had it at uh, various things that we've done, Kev, when we've been doing uh, uh, our, our double act workshop days. And um, mm. so I, mean, I don't know how many people I've spoken to about uh, photo films and showed photo films to. But only a very, very small percentage of people will actually go away and do what they have learned. Um, those that do obviously can see, you know, they come along, they think, right, I want to learn about this, and then I'm going to go away and apply it to my business. But it's human, um, it's just human nature. It doesn't matter what you're learning, whether that be woodworking, photo films, Um, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I think only a small proportion of people actually go away and apply themselves properly to what they've learned. And I'm going to give you an example, and this is going to embarrass her. Emily Rainier, who's, who's, in, who's one, one of our supporters of this show. Um, then, you know, I remember Emily coming to do a photo film course with me. And I said to her, you know, you will get more from this if you turn up here knowing how, uh, for example, Premiere works. And uh, lo and behold, when she turned up, she knew exactly how it worked because she didn't want to know about Premiere. She really wanted to know about photo films and how to apply it. And she subsequently went away and did it. But I don't think that's everybody.
1: No, I agree. I think that, you know, whenever I attend courses, which, you know, when the world starts spinning properly, I, I do, I, I often think, well, as long as I come away with one thing from the day that I think, yeah, actually, that was worthwhile, then then I think that's, that's good. Now, uh, you and I are both educators as well. And so we, you know, we do make part of our living from this stuff. And yeah you know on the uh, what supports that yes we do youtube or you know when i have my hair cut i'll do youtube again <laughs> okay. and you know yes they're, they're free although you do get you know a, a little bit of um, of of cash from google but but nothing, not of much. Substanti- not much. No, no, nothing substantial not nothing substantial but the whole point is that it drives business elsewhere you yes. know it's a marketing channel it's yeah. a funnel if you like yeah. now some of the uh, you know you, some of the people on youtube make a I, the, you know, the, we've had a leaky tap for months and months and months. I've got no DIY skills whatsoever. So, uh, you know, I go to Google, I go to YouTube, how to fix a leaky tap. And then the first video that comes up and well, the first five or six video le- uh, that come up, these people have got millions of followers, DIY experts, and they will be making thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds on YouTube, far more than they would be making from fixing a leaky tap. I guarantee you that. Now, of course, not everybody. And in the end, I couldn't fix the leaky tap, so Milo next door had to do it. But, uh, you know, that's it, isn't it? It's it's, it's different ways of trying to make, make a living. And, mm. you know, yes, you. there's an element of being eager to... I'm going to be a little bit careful, but you, you know, that there, there, sometimes I feel like some people, they just want to be seen as being, right. Well, I'm an educator. I can teach, I, you know, come on my workshop, you know, it's, it's cheap or, I, or I'll do YouTube and, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and sometimes that's more about just because they want to, I don't know. Feel like they're they're being seen and rewarded in 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 their ego. Only a minority of people, okay. Only a minority of people. But the rest of them, you know, if education is important to them, then they will do a good job of it. And yes, they will be, you know, if they if they're educating on anything to do with business or photography, then they have to be getting that right. And you know, it it's for a reason, and it's. Ultimately, part of the business—it's a strand, it's a marketing yeah, element. Yeah. If but you're if you're only doing it for exposure, then yes, but but that's how it starts. You know, that's how that little ball rolls. That 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 little fella on YouTube who's doing a YouTube video, uh, doing a woodworking video, or a you know how to I don't know how to how to use flash on your camera, and mm. he's he's only got you know three hundred views and and ten followers. He's giving that information away for free. Absolutely, he's not getting anything from it yet.
0: Yeah, and I think "yet" is a good word. Just coming back to what I was saying, I, I think you know. I, I think there's. Uh, don't don't be worried that there are people out there teaching courses, and you're thinking that everybody's going away and they're going to become super super professional straight away. Because I, I think a lot of people don't apply it. Does, does that mean you shouldn't go on a course? No, of course not, because you're going to be one of those people that does apply it, aren't you? Yes, you are. Um, because, the you know, a small percentage of people do, a large percentage of people don't. And that's the great thing about um, workshops. I go on workshops and I look around me and I think, right, I've come here to apply myself to this. And I know some of you lot aren't. And I, I see that as a competitive advantage. And it's a funny way to look at a workshop, but that, but that is a way of looking at it. But some
1: of the, some of the, the uh, you know, during the lockdowns, I've, I've spent an inordinate amount of time on webinars, you know, watching webinars, not giving them. Um, and they're all free. Uh, well, you know, some of them, some of them were not, for example, the Martin Parr foundation. Uh, there's one with, uh, Joel Mayowitz next week or the week after it's three quid to spend two hours live, you know, oh, with Joel Mayowitz, word. Yeah. you know, oh. uh, and that's pennies, you know, absolutely pennies. But, but, you know, other than that, I've spent a lot of time on webinars, uh, business webinars generally. I've spent time on um, webinars from Zoom themselves, teaching me how to use Zoom. You know, all that kind of stuff, and that's free. and And you know, they're they're not getting anything from that apart from the fact that I'm learning about their products, and that's ultimately where it comes from. I, I honestly think there's, a, you know, once, once you can avoid that. Once you can step over that line of of kind of ego i think uh, and, and like i say it's a very minority of people but it is there you can see it um once that's once that's gone people are genuinely uh educating for the right reasons mm. and you you know it's i hate those ones where you know you you do a webinar or, you, you know, you you do a free webinar, for example, and it's all about this is my life. This is how great I am or this is, you know, I had a really bad upbringing and, uh, you know, I'm, here's some tears from me. And uh, here's, and then they show you four pictures and at the end they say, you know, and by the way, I'm doing a $700 workshop or you can, you know, you can come on my my course or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not right. that That doesn't sit right with no. me. Um, you know, be be honest about that up front. Say, this bit is a load of b****s, <laughs> but what I'm going to do at the end is sell you something that's useful. <laughs> then you can do that.
0: Do Have you ever been on a, a workshop, I know I have, for plain validation? I.e. I you think, right? I think I'm on the wrong, I think I'm on the, not wrong, I think I'm on the right path, um, but I, I kind of just need somebody to show me that it is. Because I don't think that's a bad idea.
1: Y- yeah, I mean, I, It's, yeah, I've done things like that, I think. Um, You know, I've sat in on courses, seminars at SWPP, WPPI, all over the place uh, for similar things. You know, these people have got a big name, but, you know, I feel like, uh, you know i can i can kind of match them yeah I and mean, then I'm... i go and sit there and then i realize actually i can't match them
0: well yeah. You now what i what, what, what i didn't <laughs> want to say there it wasn't the cross arm brigade where you think oh you're no better than i am i don't mean it for that reason i think sometimes you look at it uh, look at somebody talking you think yeah i really admire you and i th- i think i'm on the right i think i'm on the right journey here and you're validating me and I, yeah
1: and that's a good thing mm. isn't it mm. yeah mm. the cross-arm brigade i love that that's brilliant that that does remind me of the SWPP. and the <laughs> <laughs> SWPP, by the way the convention is a wonderful thing don't get me wrong but you do get people you get them they're either in the front row with their crossed arms and their legs wide open if they're men <laughs> uh staring at you and or or it's a, or they stand at the back leaning against a pillar with their arms crossed and you know like because they're, they're too important yeah. yes. to actually take a seat yeah yeah done uh,
0: this been there what have you got what have, what have you got to show for yourself go on yeah that cracks me up. Yeah. they usually come in about five minutes late yeah, so they can make
1: it. an entrance yeah 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 yeah, uh,
0: but <laughs> we. To, but can we just say the SWPP and um, WPPI and all the others is a wonderful thing?
1: Actually, oh yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong, they're yeah. brilliant. I, you know, I, I, I've spent many, many as, great days at the, both of those conventions. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we've all experienced that.
0: As Michael Bolton once said, as oh no, actually he said love is a wonderful thing, didn't he? He didn't say that the SWPP was a wonderful thing, but I'm sure he would if he thought about singing a song about that. Uh, should we do a book, Kev? Yeah. Is it time for Kev's book of the week? Yeah, another big one.
1: Just moving my microphone, sorry.
0: I wonder what that was. I I thought for a minute you were on some sort of... uh, uh, Kev was on hydraulics.
1: See, I've got my glossy white
0: desk now, listen. (laughs)
1: That's just me moving my microphone.
0: Oh, I thought for a minute you were on a up. one of those electric stand up
1: desks. No, nah, everything in this room is amazing. No mm. stand up electrics in there. Mm. Right, so we've got uh, Henri Cartier-Bresson. Henri, or Henri, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Uh, scrapbook. Oh. Now, I've had this for, got to be 10 years or so. And I have to say, it's one of those books that sits there. It's quite big, quite heavy. Um... And I, but I don't really dip into it that often, and and this week I thought, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a proper look at this book, um, and it was only then really that I I understood why this book even exists, um, and so ultimately what happened was back in 19, uh, I think it was 1946, 47, something like that. Off he trotted to uh, New York, um, and he took a whole load of prints in a in a briefcase or a bag of some kind um and and he brought bought a uh, you know like a, a scrapbook effectively a sticker book you know uh, and he stuck them all in stuck them all in one by one um and that and that's the book that he would go around to all of the curators to uh the um museum of modern art and to you know all of the exhibitions and, and say look here's my sticker book here's my my scrapbook with all of my pictures yeah. and what we have in this book which was actually not printed until 2006 is those pictures oh, wow. 300 odd prints um so they're, they're real early stuff not necessarily uh, his more famous work although there's there's elements of it in there um and and that that's what makes it really interesting to me so for example on page 79 is one of his most famous pictures which is the um the cyclist you've got the spirally staircase and uh, and the cyclist going by uh slow shutter speed so the cyclist is in in kind of movement um and that's that's one of his most iconic pictures if you like
0: yeah
1: but but for all intents and purposes throughout you're going to come across them and there's there's multiple kind of descriptions of these images so you have well, multiple versions of some of the images um so for example on page 140 you've got uh, well, technically a, a, a triptych, if you like. So you've got two vertical images and a horizontal of pretty much the same scene. So, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of looking at snapshots of of a moment, multiple shots. Now, Henri Cartier-Bresson was um, was kind of famous, really, for, even though he was shooting film, for not being uncomfortable about shooting multiple shots to get the decisive moment. Yes. So that idea of the decisive moment from him... Was uh, actually in a series, usually in a series yeah. of images. Um, so you see that a lot throughout the book. You see a lot of kind of multiple frames that are very similar, and then the the, the, the decisive moment yeah. um, is, is there. And and it's it's really it's a wonderful book. And it's square, it's big, it's you know nice and heavy. But actually, the prints in the middle of the certainly the single side images are are very small. I mean, whoa, maybe four by two inches Mm. five by three perhaps um so they and i like that because they just it brings your eye directly to that picture it's not it's not huge it's they've made a really good use of the pages for the horizontal images they've just literally stuck the middle small you know not too small but it makes a real beautiful um aperture Mm. for the images um now of course What you're going to find in, uh, as in almost all um, Bresson books, is is quite a lot of text um, and anecdotal stuff and references to other moments in time. There's newspaper clippings. There's all kinds of other stuff in there. Um, I'm looking at now page 46, Henri Cartier, Bresson, Seville, Spain, 1933. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting because, obviously, photography is about nostalgia Mm. clearly and uh we talk about that a lot and then you know i'm looking at this now seville 1933 probably right bang in the middle of the spanish civil war you know buildings bombed um and then there's a lot of the stuff from cuba i mean there's a lot of contact sheet cutouts as well which is really interesting it's it is a photo book in that you can just open a page look at the picture and, and appreciate it but also it's an educational book too you know it's worth reading it's worth looking at there's certainly the stories about the negatives and when negatives were destroyed and uh, elements on like that. I mean, this is a we talked last week about uh, art history and photography history. Yeah. Um, you know, this is this is the kind of book that would be a, a textbook for that. Uh, I'm reading now just briefly on page 25 about um, the research that the the curators doing and if that you know this. Photos that are missing and they're trying to figure out where these photos are and, you know, the contact sheets, there's diary entries. You know, if you could pick this up and turn it into a Netflix documentary, boom, there's your money.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy, yeah. Brilliant book. Didn't, didn't you tell me a story about the uh, – you were talking about the uh, um, the, the fact that he, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't shy of going back to get another decisive moment, if you, if you want to describe it in that manner, uh, mm-hmm. about the um, the famous man leaping across the, the pool um, – photograph. Was it you that told me something about that? I'm
1: sure it was. I'm not sure it was me that told you but I've heard similar things yeah. Um, w- what I did tell you about was that the decisive moment is a translation so so his his original uh, well his seminal work if you like the decisive moment w- w- is a translation it, it doesn't actually mean um, you know click there's a decisive moment no. it, 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 it effectively means a moment in time yeah. Um, it doesn't mean the you know the photographer is getting that decisive moment um so yeah and and the uh, and the uh you know the the lad jumping over the um the puddle yeah. yeah there's lots of stories if you if you dig into the reddit forums there's all kinds yeah. of things on there yeah right, but yeah. anyway other than that it's great he i don't think anybody really you know when you look there's also the contact books magnum contact sheets and of yeah. course Henri Cartier-Bresson was the was the founder of magnum you know, regardless whether, you know, it's, I don't think he ever said, I take one picture, it's a decisive moment, and no. I take, you know, and that's it. He never said that. It, that just became it's of the, palace, uh, the stuff uh, yeah. of legend, isn't it? Really? Stuff of legends yeah, because yeah. of this translation of that yeah, book. Yeah. And now people now go, well, hang on, he <laughs> took 15 frames to get that, or not 15 frames, but, you know, 12 yeah. frames to get that one
0: picture. That's not a
1: decisive moment.
0: Talking of the decisive moment, you, you've, you've clearly got that book. I noticed on Abe here that if uh, if, if, you, if you get quite an old copy, um, six hundred and
1: forty-seven quid. Yeah, first edition, at the decisive moment. Yeah, very difficult to get hold of.
0: Yeah, well, there's one here. Do you want it? No, not <laughs> Okay. Oh well, I, I, you know, I'd buy it for you for Christmas, but obviously, if it's signed, you can't have it. <laughs> Yeah. that's a bit, bit of an in joke sorry
1: i can't i can't wait till hey till the bookshops open at hey again i'm gonna be yeah. up there
0: right here's one oh by the way can i can i just quickly say kev um we do need uh, some more questions i know i know uh, a couple of weeks ago we we got them flooding in again on the uh, facebook we could do with some email ones as well so click at fujicast.co.uk um peter foot um hello kev hi neil thanks for reading out uh, my question today oh that would have been a couple of weeks ago you can have another one pete He's gone with a recommendation. I think we uh, we suggested he buy the 23mm f2 for his X-Pro2. There we go. Mm-hmm. Happy customer. Although the extra light on the four would have been welcome, one of my principal uses for the lens will be photographing the grandkids. So the improved autofocus that you spoke about uh, made the decision much easier to capture those fast-moving nippers. And cheaper, too. Another question for you. I don't have a great deal of money in the bank. <laughs> That's because Kev keeps telling me to buy stuff. But it's certainly not growing with, uh, with uh, any of the banks in the UK paying any interest. Um, anyway, this made me think, would I be better at investing in photographic equipment and helping me justify myself to spend a lot more money on another camera? So, if you had 5K available and wanted to purchase a camera which would at least hold its value over the next three to five years and maybe even increase, which camera would be the best investment? Ooh. well, the trouble is with any of your digital stuff that you buy now, none of those are going to be your best investment because they're no. you know they're clearly just going to be superseded by something else. Like like buying a computer, isn't it? So well, and also
1: the batteries, you won't be able to get the chargers. Yeah, batteries yeah, or- yeah,
0: So we, we are we are talking about something like you know a good classic Mamiya or something like that, um, six seven or a camera like that, where, which is a kind of a, a bit of a work of art as much as it is a something that you want to work with on your art.
1: Yeah, I think I mean I'm not in the position to. You know, when I buy a camera, it's not for investment; it's it's to use. But yeah. that's that circumstance. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to be in the in a situation. I'd love to be a camera collector. That mm. would be lovely. If I had five grand, I would. And oh. I'm looking for a camera for, you know, investment purposes rather than uh, necessarily to you know to work with. I think I'd probably look for a camera that has been used by a famous photographer. Yes.
0: Now, I saw where you were going with that, Kev. Yes. Yeah. And it would sit
1: on my shelf uh, rather than one that's, you know, because, yeah, you can buy Leicas, you can buy Mamias, you can buy Hasselblads and all that kind of stuff. But if you're never going to use them, mm, but if you're buying something, you know, really for investment, Mm. then it needs to have, uh, you know, legacy and uh you know I, I i back in the day i used to sell rugby memorabilia mm. and i used to buy and sell match worn rugby shirts and you know the, those things people used to i am telling you now, the money people would ch- change hands for match worn rugby shirts was was insane it was great wow. i loved it but it was uh you know people proper collectors of things We'll, we'll spend money. But it's all to do with the provenance. Well, from, and, from, from,
0: yeah. from, from sublime to ridiculous. I mean, I wonder um, how much, for example, um, McCullin's camera, which uh, stopped the bullet. That must be worth a fortune. And then maybe something like Bailey's, one of his cameras from, um, um, who do you think you are? David Bailey. What was that camera? The Olympus trip. Olympus, yeah. Yeah. I've got one of those behind me, not obviously David's. That would be worth a bit of money. Yeah, I think some of them are more like almost priceless,
1: basically, yeah, because they, yeah. they'll be handed off to, um, you know, museums and stuff. But, yes. but yeah, I mean, I would, uh, you know, I it, it, this sounds quite ridiculous, but I once did a talk in, um, it was when I was in Argentina, I think, and mm. somebody came up to me with a camera mm. and they wanted me to sign their camera. And I was like, do you not want me to buy you a beer instead? This is just ridiculous. He was like, no, 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 no. I want you to sign it because yeah. I'm going to sell it. He already had a, a somebody lined up to buy this camera. Yeah. And I was like, that's like brilliant. I'm very happy and, and quite embarrassed by it all. But also I was thinking, hang on, then I should be taking a cut of that sale. <laughs> <laughs> you know. but, so I remember going to when I did that interview with James Reveillus, his wife, years and years and years ago. And I went to his house, uh, her house, and of yeah. course he's dead. And she, and all these cameras are just lying around. I know, like, just there on the on the kitchen table and on the oh, sofas I and know. everything. And all these prints on the floor. And I could hardly walk without stepping on these prints. And, and I'm thinking, <laughs> these are incredible. This is incredible. Yeah. You know, absolutely incredible. That's why I, I yeah, that's
0: why I'd like to. God, put can on you me. imagine that if she'd have said, uh, Kev, uh, fancy camera? What yeah, wh- do you want? That? What one would you like to take, Kev? You, i know you you would never have said yes you're far, far too good a boy to have to have said yes to that or would you <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> i like they, the way they, the silence at the time there. no now no. yes yeah
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> absolutely and i didn't realize that you signing things made them worth a fortune kev um next time you're around here could you sign my left buttock <laughs>
1: isn't it ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous
0: we're all the same for god's sake oh uh, no no we're not all like mullins <laughs> we're not we're not all like Mullins and that's it for another week um we will return next week thank you to our guest today Danny Lawson um, thank you for your questions yeah just a, a, a quick shout out to say if you'd like to email them in then click at fujicast.co.uk It's one way to get your questions in the other way to get them in is to uh, go to the the Facebook group of course isn't it Kev? indeed
1: Facebook yep. group top of the thread there's a question and don't forget hashtag FujiCast Print swap
0: and, and we'll be doing that for what another four or five weeks did you say yeah, yeah that that seems reasonable so send your questions in thank you to all those that are supporting the show by patreon we'll continue doing our bumps to the fronts um if you'd like to see uh the links for today's show just go to the show page and there and they'll all be there Have a good week, Kev. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The FujiCast is an
2: independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.